0: By building a platform to share challenges, thoughts from leaders, and network together, the LabOps Leadership Podcast is elevating LabOps professionals as well as the industry as a whole.
1: With the intent of unlocking the power of LabOps, we deliver unique insights to execute the mission at hand, to standardize LabOps and empower LabOps leaders. I'm Carrie Anderson. And I'm Samantha Black. Welcome to the LabOps Leadership Podcast. So we're here today with Ornella Cussi, who is a lab operations associate at BioLabs at the Heidelberg site in Germany. So thank you for joining us from across the world.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's great. Um, I was looking for this session all day long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, great. Well, Ornella, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today?
2: Yeah, of course. So I think it all started in middle school when I got very excited and curious about biology and you know, lab and science. And in Germany, you know, we had the we have the possibility to change to a more specific high school as, as you know we graduate from middle school. And I decided then that I want to go at the biotechnology high school, which made it possible for me to know for me to, to really get into biology, chemistry. So then I worked in the lab already in the in high school. And after high school, I was more interested in the practical side of science. And um so that's why I did a apprenticeship at the University of Hohenheim in Stuttgart after high school. So it's a it's a mixture of practical modules and um, theoretical modules. And yeah, so that's how I got my uh, degree, and then after that, I moved to uh, Heidelberg to work at the, at Heistam, which is a part of the German Cancer Research Center here. And yeah, that's that's how I got here. And after five, four and a half years, I wanted to move on and work more on the lab organization, operational side of the lab, and moved to Bio Labs in April, twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, that, that's awesome, because I think you said in Germany, right, They the education system set up a little bit differently. And so you got the opportunity to work at the bench, right? The first experiences were at the bench, and then you decided that you wanted to go into a support role. So I'm just kind of wondering what made you want to do that? You know, what made you want to
2: do the switch? I think I saw the importance of the supporting system in a lab. And I saw my strength being there to support the scientists doing their research. And, you know, when COVID hit and the, the amount of effort you needed to put into lab operations due to longer delivery times and, uh, you know, difficulties in our resources, there was just so much need so much need in good lab operations and I really did this in my previous lab and then chose you know this might be my strength this is where I can you know give some yeah higher value to to the lab and that's why how I decided to to change to lab operations more in the kind of organizational part of it than actual bench work.
1: Yeah, and you're in a you're in a unique position right now working at Biolabs um, because you're able to not only help one group, you're able to help a lot of different groups. So could you tell us a little bit about Biolabs and, and what they're doing to maybe generally help accelerate, um, literally accelerate these these startups that they work with?
2: Yeah, so um, you know, the concept of Biolabs is very exciting when I read about Bar labs, I think a year from it was a, a year ago, yeah. I got so excited because it is exactly what I wanted to have when I was working in the in research. So what we do is we, we help young companies that are in the critical stage where it they're very early, sometimes just newly founded out of the universities or research instit, institutes, and we help them by facilitating the growth with lab space. But we are more than just, you know, provider of physical lab space. We give them access to the infrastructure, to the community. We give them access to big pharma partners that are are our partners as well and help us strategically on site as well. And mentors as well, you know, when there's a young company, they have so much to learn. And they have such a long way to go that can be sometimes very rocky and tough. And, you know, them having access to people who have done it before and having access to people who could really guide them through this difficult stages of an early company. It's so great. And yeah, we take part as lab operations at the lab as a part of the lab operations teams, we take part of the daily business of managing the lab, taking care of um, equipment and um, making sure that the lab runs smoothly so that the scientists and the companies can just focus on what is very important to them, which is their science. Love
0: yeah. That. yeah, that has to be really interesting to be able to be involved with a variety of
2: companies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There are so many different companies from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And um, what I like about this position is that I just get to see a bit of everything. And yeah. we have the entrepreneurial side, we have the science, we have the more business development kind of science and, uh, side as well, which I really like.
0: <laughs> so
2: that actually leads me into my next
0: question is, you know, in lab operations, there are several areas that we work in. What is your favorite? I know you just mentioned business development, but are there any other aspects as well
2: in operations you really like and enjoy? So I would say it's both actually, you know, I like the business development kind of part part of it. Um, But what I actually really like is, you know, the daily business to just make sure when companies are you know, in the lab and they have a need to be the person they talk to and to be the person they ask for advice. How do I, you know, fix that, run this machine, um, my fax isn't working, I have some struggle struggle here, can you help with that? I think that's the part I I like the most, to be there to help on the daily business, but also enable the lab to run um, by, you know, making sure we have the right equipment, making sure we can, you know, meet the demands of our companies, and to make sure that we have the equipments that are very the state of the art, because we have companies here who are doing science that might be avant-garde and that where yeah. you really need the best equipment that you can get your hands on out there. And to facilitate that, I think both both sides of the of the spectrum are very interesting for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I think that it's, it's interesting because you're working with such young companies and they need that guidance and mentorship. I think one question I had was you mentioned COVID and we we've talked a lot about that, but that's, you know, for a lot of like older established companies, they were doing the heavy lifting there on, on making the drugs. So, you know, obviously there were ripple effects, you know, down on the, like procurement and and uh, supply chain. So what was the impact of that for biolabs and, and for these small organizations? Because, you know, we know that a lot of things stopped, but it's, a lot of times in science, you can't stop completely or you'll ruin 10 years of, of prior work, you know, you have to keep some things going. So I'm maybe wondering what that was like working through COVID and, and you know, making sure the, the lights are still on. these smaller companies um who are trying to get established that must have been a really difficult time for them
2: so when covid hit i was still working at the german cancer research center okay working um in biolabs but i'm pretty sure it was the same ripple effect in where i worked previously as well as in labs. so what i could tell from my experience is that um you know it needed much more micromanagement because the supply chain issues just made it really hard to get your hands on pipettes to get your hands on you know the daily consumables that we were so used to just order and get them the next couple of days so now you were we were you know asked and challenged to find substitutes or to find a way around chemicals that couldn't be delivered so i think with biolabs what i could and can tell you from the experiences I have the last couple of months, but as well what my colleagues told me this is where we give the value because we take care of that. We make sure that the lab is still running and that the necessary chemicals are there for the companies to run, for example, the fax machine, you know, we take care of the fax flow, for example. So it's our task to get our hands on that and to make sure that they can run that. Or if a microscope breaks down and there's a piece that needs to be replaced, we make sure that we contact the respective person that, you know, will then come and um, take care of that. So I think that we as Biolabs buffered that a lot for the companies so that they are not completely hit by the effect of supply chain issues and of COVID. So, yeah, I think that's great that we can do that and we can give this value to the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and that is a vital part of science. I mean, it keeps the scientists from being able to focus on the data and actually doing science. And, you know, by being able to be that support role, it's really important on moving things forward.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, so, you know, one thing that's one way of us like moving science forward and faster. What's something else you're seeing that lab operations is doing to help, you know, bring
2: drugs to the market faster? So, I would say the critical role that lab ops plays in, you know, enabling new drugs on the market is to make sure that. So talking from my experience in in the research institute I was working, as well as in Biolabs, usually you work with very precious samples. Usually you work with samples where you might not get a second chance to, you know, work with or to to um, gain data from. So, for example, if you have a patient sample, it's usually time-critical protocol that you need to run through, right? So if you have a good lab that runs smoothly, the chance that you might lose that sample or the chance that, you know, you, you might get the biggest value of what the little sample that you have. There are so many new machines out there, equipments out there on the market that work with very small sample sizes, and that makes it possible to have, you know, to get more data out of very simple and little biopsies, liquid biopsies, for example. And so I think if you have a lab that enables that by equipping the lab with the necessary equipments, but also a lab that is well organized and um, there is not a lot of friction in your protocol, I think that this is the critical part where lab ops can enable good science and, you know, good drug development down the line. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lab that has amazing technology, I mean, the technology has improved so much in recent years, especially, um, and just
2: continues to do so. Definitely. I think that it really comes down to the technology that you can use on site that makes it possible for you whether you're getting the information you want from your sample, from your data or not. And I think that's where it gets really critical when we talk about target discovery, when we're talking about drug discovery, protein interference that is so important down the line when you're working on drug development. There are so many very avant-garde and uh, state-of-the-art equipments right now that are just a must-have in many of labs that are expensive, of course, but yeah. I think we, talking about lab operations, I think we can make a very good job there supporting that for the scientists and for for the research institutes. It, and that's what we are doing at Bar Labs. actually. We really try to work with partners that enable us to, you know, place this equipment on site and to take that financial burden away from the young companies. So with with our partners, they can then, you know, Place those more avant-garde and more, yeah, expensive equipments, so that the um, companies do not need to use their funding, the money they get from the first round of funding or second round, they don't need to use that to buy those equipments. They can just use it by working at bio and you know focus what they have on resources, resources on their science.
0: Yeah, I I think it's incredible that BioLabs is doing this because it does give those opportunities to startups that they might not have otherwise.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, And even, yeah, yeah, I was going to say even lab operations, you know, that's something I often don't see startups hire until they're, you know, a mid-sized company and they start to grow. But it's such a key role in efficiency and organization. And so it's incredible that you're able to offer this to these startups.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why that's why I wanted to work at Bala because I saw the need of a structure like that here when I was working in my previous lab. I saw very good scientists and great ideas. So really saw how you need to be brave to start a company. You need to have the right structures to support that, especially if you're doing it the first time. And I could see that, you know, the scientists were a bit, you know, more reserved toward the idea to start their own company just because they didn't really know where to start. And the financial burden of equipping a lab is not little. Um, I think equipping a lab, you're at least $300,000, $500,000 or years that you need to take to, to do that. And so I think, you know, when we can take that Away from the small companies. That's great. So on that note,
1: I'm being a Debbie Downer today because I'm asking all the negative questions. But um oh, please go ahead. What what are some of the challenges of you know working with so many different companies? So you're the central hub for all this equipment, but you know, I can imagine that if you have one machine and three different people trying to use that consistently, that could be Be a unique challenge that a lab or a company just own their own equipment. They just have to worry about their own team. But when you have multiple teams trying to use equipment, you know, I can imagine that would be, that would have its own unique set of challenges associated with that. So I'm just curious, that's one example, but like, what are some of the more, the things that you've struggled with in working with a lot of different teams in a
2: small space? (laughs) That's actually a good question. And Biolabs has uh, experience with that. Um, so in the U.S., we, Biolabs is, I think, we are having our 13th or 14th site now. I don't know. So, you know, we have some experience working in those structure where you have a lot of companies in in shared lab. Mm-hmm. So what we have are, of course, different calendars, for example, the one of elemental machines that we're using where you can book your equipment. but what we see, and this is very good thing for us to see, is that when the companies grow, and they have the financial cap- capability to do th- to do so, they will buy their own equipment at some point, right? So we have shared labs as well as private labs on the sites. So usually, when a company is growing and they have the financial um, resources. They just, you know, go to a private space and buy their own comp- uh, their own equipments there and use it as they need to use it. We can see that they need to use it so we can, you know, manage that in this kind of manner as well. And I think, you know, we, usually we have kind of, how to say it, I think, so the way you can take out friction in a shared lab is by making sure that you take care of the equipment itself. So if you have equipment that breaks down every second time someone is using it, then you have a line of people waiting there to you know, use the machine. But if you get a good introduction into the machine, if you get a good introduction, and give a good learning experience for the people who are using it the first time, usually you take the friction away.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I think that's, that's, a good way to look at it, and I, I think a good reminder for all the scientists out there, like why it's so important to take care of the equipment and not just use the equipment and kill it. You know, you gotta, you have to take care of it. And so, I think that's an underappreciated task, but I think it's underlying so important for for everything that they do for the for the science. So,
2: yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think sometimes. You know you will if if you know what you're doing, you'll be fast with the equipment, but if you're just not you know if you're just trying out or you do not I think it comes down to the culture as well that we have in bio labs. everyone is um very polite they try to you know not take necessarily. A long time um, than they would need on the equipment so they clean after they're done with the equipment so um, I think it's the culture that you cultivate as well as a lab manager or as a lab ops team how do you talk with the people that are in the lab which example do you give um, by taking care of the daily you know operations as well yeah you can we, we can you know manage that So I'm thinking you mentioned that you have,
0: I believe, 14 sites now in the U.S. for BioLabs.
2: Yeah, and we are growing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I'm wondering, you know, how do you guys share ideas throughout the organization? Just because I've seen some some companies that are actually very different between each site. But I think BioLabs, from everything I've heard from everyone, you know, you all run things kind of similar. So what are the operations like throughout the different sites? I'm not sure how many you've seen of them, but... (laughs) <laughs> From what you've seen so far,
2: <laughs> so we adapt the labs to the need of this, the specific side. So every ecosystem comes with their specific need, and the constellation of the companies are on site is important for the equipment we place. Of course, we have like a setup of core equipments we, we want to place. But if there is a need of, um, you know, a critical need, critical number of demand for an equipment, then we place that if we have the possibility to do so. So this is how we respond to different needs. And we have a variety of equipments on sites, which, you know, makes it possible for the companies to, get their hands on what they actually need for the research.
1: That's interesting. So you just, you have like a, a set starting point and then you you have that everywhere. And then to, based on who's, who your tenants are, you have different equipment based on who they are and that mix of of people. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so it's a mixture of, of, you know, what the companies demand. Sometimes, you know, we have different partners per site as well. So it depends on that as well. Mm. You know, for example, if we have a company here in Germany that would like to work with bio Labs and place their equipments there, then we have that there and wouldn't have that, for example, on another site where the company isn't placed. So it's it's a din- dynamic, you know, process that evolves throughout the the time that we are establishing the site, but as we are running the site as well.
1: I think having that flexibility, right? It's not one size fits all. It's, It's being adaptable to the situation that you have on each site.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that's what I was talking about, about culture and about, you know, the mindset that you bring to to a site we want the site to be dynamic and um, you know because we have young companies there that coming from the university that should you know feel that it's possible to we want to cultivate this kind of mindset and culture where things can be dynamic things can be changed um, you know not one solution fits all so we can respond to different demands we can respond to a growing culture yeah growing side.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned so far working at Biolabs?
2: Oh, wow. That's a very good question. (laughs) There are so many. (laughs) I've learned so much, but I would say it's a lesson that, you know, goes beyond Biolabs or just my position in Biolabs. But I think it's a lesson that I really need in bar labs, because usually we have a a small team on site that takes care of of the site. So I think when working in every position, whether it's BD or lab ops or marketing and communication, everyone having a good sense of responsibility and leadership, even if you're not on an official leading position, I think every employee of a company has ownership and of what they're doing and just having a sense of responsibility, having a sense of being the person who pushes a project or being the person who makes it possible and bringing your idea to fruition. I think if you can own that and if you can, if you're not afraid of sometimes risking the status quo or questioning the status quo and yeah, being your own leader in some some kind some sense, you know. I think this is what I've learned in BaalNet, that it's possible and that this is the way to work well in a in an organization.
1: I think that's great. I I love that. And I think it again reinforces a theme that we always see, which is like it's all about people in the end of the day, right? Like it's, you know, everybody is part of a team and you know, you how you fit into that team and make the team better is always how we so always somehow end up back at that point. So I love that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And so I guess I have two questions left. My first one is forward-looking. So, you know, you're in lab ops now. And one thing that we've talked to a lot of different people about is the career path and, and what that might look like, because this is kind of a newer field and so it's not a clear path for everybody. And so I'm just kind of curious what you're thinking for the future, where what you're working towards and is it staying in lab ops? Is it something bigger or different? Just kind of wondering where your head is at because I think people could really learn from from you and, and what you're what you're thinking.
2: Yeah. So I would say usually throughout our lives, we have different roles in different positions. And sometimes, you know, you have a strength in one position and and you learn something in one position and in the other world, you can bring what you've learned to fruition and bring what you've learned to, you know, give value back to the new role. So for me, what I would like to do is more towards general operations, customer experience, because I just like working with people And like working with our partners and um, having the connection to the ecosystem or to the people who actually make make it possible that we can be here in Heidelberg right now. And so I think this is what I would tell people who are looking for some career paths. In our organization, we have... one of my really great colleagues that I have started as a lab technician in a previous job and is now a VP of, you know, operations and client experience. So I think there are so many things, so many paths to go when, you know, even starting with the lab, it's not just one road that fits all. So mm-hmm. you change, you can learn, you can build up to what you've learned as a, it's a in your time in the lab and, you know, take that experience and place it and move it to newer roles and use it there to facilitate maybe something new.
0: Yeah, I think that is the exciting part of lab operations are there's so many paths that you can go
1: from it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Let's see (laughs) what the future holds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Okay, and then the last question um, is just, if people want to follow you or connect with you, keep up with you, how can they connect and, and find you?
2: So on LinkedIn, I think it's the best way to find Biolabs, to find us, the whole team here in Heidelberg, as well as the whole global team as well. Um, it's on, on 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 LinkedIn <laughs> and our site, Biolabs Heidelberg, we post there basically every week. Every day, every second day, every other day. So, you can follow us. There's a lot happening here in Heidelberg. We have our future home that we're moving to. We have um, great events, new companies joining us. So it's great. Will be exciting. Yeah, and so that that'll
1: those links will be tagged in the in the episode notes, so everybody can find you easily that way too.
2: Yeah. I'm looking forward.
1: <laughs> awesome. Ornella, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish you're you the best me. luck. Yeah.
2: Great. <laughs> Great questions. And I liked, you know, your approach to the whole lab operation. It could look dry and boring from the outside, you know, but it's a very interesting field. And I'm happy that you're shining so much light on that field and that you're, you know, giving the lab operation that you're giving them some this topic faces and stories of people the actual people that are working there
1: yeah well thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it
2: yeah thank you
0: thank you for tuning in to this episode of the lab ops leadership podcast we hope you enjoyed today's guest
1: For show notes, resources, and more information about LabOps Unite, please visit us at labops.community slash podcast. This show is powered by Elemental Machines.